0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we thank you so much as we get ready to look into your word today. And Father, thank you for divine assistance to help to communicate clearly Father, we thank you uh, for even things that I would not have written or thought of previously that you help uh, with fresh things, illustrations, uh, stories. Uh, Father, thank you that you give everyone ears to hear, that, uh, th- that there would be revelation and not just information today, and we give you praise and glory for that in Jesus' name, amen. So here's a, a question, and I bounced it off of a few people uh, during the week, and they seem pretty excited that this question will be answered. So, uh, and I think probably it's been around for a long time in the body of Christ, and I don't think it will ever go away. So here's the question. I hear lots of talking concern, concerning tithing and whether or not it is under grace. Is it, and if so, to whom is the tithe given? So would you agree that that has been around for quite a while in the body of Christ? And there's a lot of discussion about that. So we're going to look at it today, and uh, see some scriptures. And here's the thing: it's always about revelation, uh, and we are, we should be, uh, motive, you know, a revelation motivates. And so when you see something in the Word, it changes everything. And uh, I heard one pastor say in another country one time that tithing isn't for everyone. And w- when I heard it, I I, I listened closer and he said and one reason that's so is because really if you don't have a revelation about it you're just doing you would just do it anyway out of works and that doesn't really don't don't take that as my answer to the question yet but um so just a few things about myself uh, along these lines uh in january this coming january i'll be 40 years old in the lord and so then after i got saved somewhere a number of weeks or months later found the first church that I attended, it was like a, 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 a Pentecostal church. And when I start going to that church, they started to receive the offering, and I heard the word tithe. Now growing up, I was 23 years old at the time, and so growing up, I never heard the word tithe in my life. It was like a totally brand new word. So I can relate to people that walk into a church and they've never been in church before, and they hear a lot of words that they've never heard before. And that's kind of how, I mean, and, you know, the church I went to, they were reading out of the King James Bible. You know, of course, growing up in the States, we didn't speak King James, old, it's old King James English, so that was even different in itself. So there's all these King James thou and seest and thouest and, you know, all those other things. And then along with these other new words like righteousness and redemption and, I mean, I, probably redemption I heard, but I, was, I never really paid attention in school, so I probably missed that in catechism. But just all these big words, and uh, so this word tithe isn't a big word, but I heard the word tithe, and then I asked somebody after church, I said, what, what's this word that they're saying when you come up to take, and you know, and, and your terminology's all different. I said, when you guys come up to take the money, you know, and honestly, you know, until you have revelation, that's what it seems like, that they're t- you're taking the money. So I mean, I went through all of that because I grew up in a different place uh, as far as church goes so they said the word tithe means 10 percent, and i said okay so what you're saying now is like you're talking about like you're taking 10 percent of people's salaries money and they said yes and i go i you know that was shocked (laughs) so the first thing i thought is you know you know i know i'm saved and i know jesus is real and i'm filled with the holy ghost but is this thing a is this a cult you know and honestly you can have those kind of thoughts because you know we, we gave one and two dollars a week. And uh, so, in the church we grew up in, they actually put, at the end of the year, they put, it was a big church, you know, a lot of stone, marble, tile, and glass in our church, you know. And they would put up, everyone's giving would get posted at the end of the year. And they, they did it in order of how big it was. And my, my father was like one of the biggest ones every year for giving. He gave ten dollars a week and that he was like one of the biggest givers in the church you know so and i i just gave a dollar and two dollars a week and so then all of a sudden i hear this tithe you know and i i had a pretty good job at the time i was a machinist and it was good pay and so you know that was shocking so that's that's my first experience with tithing uh so i i listened and that was a different world and you know, you guys like would understand that or around my age and older, there was it was a more direct world, it was a more commanding world, like somebody just said, "Do this," and don't question it." So I grew up in that kind. Uh, we're not in that world any longer, probably the internet and the information age where there's so much information, and you can get on and hear so many different things and, and, and you know so. We're not in that, and so we're in a world now that people can digest a lot of information and people make decisions based off of information, not so much like somebody says, do this and don't do that. And so I, I understand that this world that we're in, people are more educated. There's a lot more information out there, so you just don't say, do this, and somebody says, okay. It's a different world. So I started to tithe because they said to do it, and I had no revelation. That's my point i just started to do it because they said do it and so i did i got revelation later on about some things and i'll we'll be looking into some of that today okay so uh here's the word tithe in the hebrew it just in simple terms it means a tithe is 10 percent. that's simply what it is so the first thing we want to do today is just want to look at i'd like to look at the heart of god in the old testament so if you're new to christianity and new to church there's, the Bible has the Old and the New Testament. We're living in the New Testament. So there's things in the Old Testament. There's types and shadows in the Old Testament that we can really get a lot out of things in the Old Testament. But now we're living in the New Testament. So when we look at the Old Testament, we have to make sure we interpret it properly because it's old and we're in the New. And so anytime you can pull something out that agrees with the epistles, do it. If something there doesn't agree with the epistles, then that's, it's old and we don't take it. In other words, you know, under the law, there was quite a bit of judgment, and it seemed like God wasn't a very loving, nice God with the law. Now we're in the New Testament. The Bible says Jesus brought grace and truth, and there is mercy, and uh, the Bible says that, that, you know, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, so the guilt and condemnation has been removed. And you have to, all the different things between the old and the new. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to look at God's heart In the Old Testament so look at Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30 and it says every tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's and here's what we want to see it is holy to the Lord and so think about it he's this is the creator of the universe a creator of everything and he's just saying this about the tithe in the Old Testament he's saying it was holy and I think that's significant that he's calling it holy and then there's two scriptures and i'd so just you know out of the mouth of two or three it's good to establish things so two scriptures and he's calling the tithe holy i realize it's under the law and and so but when we we're looking at god's heart so think about it these people were agricultural people they didn't have factories and they didn't they weren't producing steel and building cars and all that kind of thing Or had computers they they were farmers they had animals and they had crops that's what they were doing and so when they brought their tithe they were bringing animals or crops to the storehouse that's what they were doing and so God considered those animals and those crops he he considered the tithe holy so it it was people who labored in the fields and they brought the tenth and God said that's holy so I think it's really significant uh, that it's holy So that's the first thing we can conclude. We're just going to look at a few things. Let's conclude something else under the Old Testament, another thing. Over in uh, Malachi, in verse 7 and 8, I thought this was interesting. He says, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you in tithes and contributions? So again, realizing this is under the law, uh, But here's what we want to notice here. He says this. He said, return to me. And so if we make a conclusion about those two scriptures, back there the tithe was holy. And then he says, if you're not tithing and doing that part, he says, return to me, which implies that you've gone away from me. So the tithe being holy and practicing and doing that, he says, when you do that, you're with me or near me. When you're not doing it, you're away from me, which I find interesting. And, you know, so the New Testament, when Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So we're under the new, where there's no guilt or condemnation, but Jesus basically said exactly the same thing. Wherever you put your money is where your heart is. So that's one thing we can always know that, uh, somebody said this once years ago, I was in a church and the minister said, and, and this is years ago when we had checkbooks, you know. and, and I know even in the States they still use checkbooks. Or they need to update, but Australia is very advanced with banking, so we do all the electronic wires here. But somebody once said, if you look at, if you look at um, somebody's checkbook, now we have to say if you get online, and if you hack them, if you hack them and get online, <laughs> get their codes and look at their, what they do, you can find out where their heart is. Because wherever all the money goes is where the heart is. So of course we have our rent and food and all that. That's like basic things, electricity and all that, and everyone has to pay that. But anything that's not basic, you can find out where somebody was really important to somebody after the basics, or where where most of the money goes. So that's that's what. uh, So he says, "Return to me." So I thought that was interesting. And then in Malachi chapter three and verse ten, let's look at this one. And of course, this is a very popular scripture. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in, try it, put me to the test. So if we were gonna conclude something about this, we could say, back in the Old Testament, under the law, with even agricultural people, when they tithe, it had two main benefits. One of, of the benefits is it put food in the house of God. In other words, the people that served God, there was food in the house. Okay, And then secondly, the second blessing you see is the ones that participated and did tithing. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great that you won't be able to contain it. So it was twofold. The house of God was being taken care of, but the people that were taking care of the house of God, they were being blessed. And so even the windows of heaven being open, we could say that, you know, because they were in agriculture, we could say, hey, if you're growing crops, you need rain. You know, we know that they they say that early in the latter rain, there's a spiritual thing about that, but they're also right before harvest, I guess, the latter rain is really important if you're a farmer, you know, and that latter rain is important right before harvest because your harvest is going to be better Uh, So so we know that when he says I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing They're going to have a good harvest So it was twofold and one other thing you notice there. He said test me. He said put me to the test and so uh, So when we think about Here's just a summary of everything we looked at Uh, Now I put something there that we didn't look at I put the law is holy and why did I do that? well Sometimes we're so, and and I'm one of these ones, I love grace, love to teach on grace, love to look at grace. It's a wonderful thing. Moses, you know, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Love grace. So sometimes we can get so into grace that we actually start talking about the law like it's something bad. But this scripture here in Romans, just so you know, it says the law is holy. And so we have to think when we look back into the Old Testament, even though we have a better covenant, and our New Testament is better, we still don't look down with an attitude thinking, oh, the the law, that's, you know, stupid Old Testament. that's, That's not, you know, that's not our attitude, you know. It's like, so the Bible says the law is holy. Then we know that the tithe is holy and it belongs to the Lord. This is what we looked at. Tithing was the way to return to God where your treasure is, your heart is, and then tithing blesses the house of God and the people who tithe so that's what we notice in the old testament when it came to tithing under the law so we might refer back to that as we go now here's something that uh i thought would you know in, in one way it's kind of funny but i think that everyone will be able to relate to this we're going to look at some struggles when it comes to tithing and of course when we look at these struggles it really would depend whether or not you believe tithe, you, whether or not you tithe and what you think about it but I think everyone in here will be able to relate. We're gonna look at nine different struggles when it comes to tithing. So here's the first one. And after we look at these, we'll get into some scriptures and, uh, and, and talk more about New Testament. So here's one, trial basis tithing. And so tithing on a trial basis can lead to offense if significant results aren't initially seen. This results in tithing for a brief time Followed by doubt and discouragement and somebody once said, you know payday doesn't always come on Saturday when it comes to the things of God And so a trial based tithing means like you you expect really instant results But sometimes in the kingdom and what spiritual things payday doesn't always come every Saturday And so their, their payday will come Okay, then there's technical tithing And that's tithing to the penny and not a penny more or less more concerned about getting the tithe perfectly rounded off, tithing done as worship to God and a releasing faith becomes secondary. And I have to admit and be honest with you, when I first heard about the tithe, that was me. I mean, I thought, man, you, I was given a dollar or two a week and now you're saying 10%, you're going to get it right down to the penny and not a penny more. <laughs> so I, I can relate to that one. <laughs> and then there's grudge tithing, and that's tithing because it's required and not from a willing heart. This robs us of tithing as worship, with joy, and in faith. And, you know, you, you really, it's hard to have grudge tithing if, if no one's preaching in a way that would make that. And so we really try here at Ramah Family Church not to preach in a way that would make anyone have a, you know, do it grudgingly, as the Bible says not to. Then there's calculation tithing. Tithing solely for the promise of personal gain, and this can lead to greed, and what happens here when you do this, it lacks love for God, for his house, and his work. So we don't want to get into that. You know, God will meet all of our needs, but we don't want to allow greed to come in. And then there's someday tithing, planning to tithe someday when it becomes convenient. Usually it never becomes convenient to tithe. Uh, the initiation of tithing always requires faith, and I, I know because it took faith to start back when I started Um, and then there's occasional tithing occasional tithing doesn't contradict the tenth because it's a a tithe means tenth it's simply it's it's simply not done on a consistent basis the tithing is about honoring the Lord the tithing is about honoring the Lord with our increase so we could say as long as there's increase then we're going to continue to tithe so occasional tithing really if, if, as long as you're increasing it would continue so then there's man to man tithing you know macho man to macho man no I, I that, sorry just, that was wacky the tithe is seen as going to man not to the Lord okay people are the natural recipients and administrators of the tithe so you know like we tithe you, you know if you're giving finances here we have people that receive it they go count it and it gets put in the bank, et cetera. So that's true that people are the natural recipients, but yet the tithe is the Lord's and given with a heart of worship to the Lord. So we're not giving it to a person. You know, and something maybe to clear up here, I understand traveling ministry because we've been pastoring now eight years, but, uh, you know, we were in the ministry a lot longer than eight years, but we were traveling ministers, so if you have a, a traveling minister, a ministry and you don't have a lot of employees or if you have a, a, a church that isn't real big and the senior pastors do everything, then uh, in those kind of situations, you know, some people think, well, the tithe all goes to the preacher. Well, anything that, you know, like the, the size of our church, I never touch money. So I think it's important for you guys to know this. I never touch the money. It's banked. We're not allowed to take anything out of our checking or anything or you know or without having two signatures We always have to have approval No one's allowed to move money around here without two signatures and we have a financial team You know committee that approves everything and so it doesn't matter if somebody gave a million dollars today it wouldn't affect my salary at all because I have a set salary it doesn't change you know, And so if somebody gave $10 million, it doesn't affect me one way. So when you give your tithes here, it, uh, it's, not, it's not all coming to me. We, we have a lot of things going on here, and we have a lot of expenses. Okay, And so it's important for everyone to know that. Because I have people come up to me saying, you know, the pastor gets the tithe. And I said, and I thought, not here. Because if the pastor got the tithe, we would be closing the doors. We love our building, but we wouldn't be in this building if I took all the tithe. You understand that? And so, so that's, that's not the way that we're doing it here. Okay, then, then there's manipulating tithing, using tithing as a means of political clout. Tithing entitles a say in the operation of the church. Again, this robs the tither of the true purpose to tithe. And then the last one is liberated from tithing, and this is not tithing because of liberation from the law and being under grace preference to give as the spirit leads all right so that's that's all the different challenges and so when we look at these scriptures uh, we'll uh, we'll say some things and as usual you can always determine uh, by revelation and what you have in your heart what you feel is right okay so let's start off here and this is a little bit odd but we're gonna put four names up here we're gonna say we're gonna do this this way Abraham Melchizedek Jesus and tithe. And so that's kind of different, but you're going to see what this means uh, as we go. So we're going to look at these two scriptures, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. So here it says uh, this it says, And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he, Abraham, gave him a tithe of all. And so when you see that, and then you look at Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2, it says, Then Abraham, took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to melchizedek the name melchizedek means king of justice and king of salem means king of peace so what you have here is an old testament scripture that was before the law that's genesis that was before the law in the old testament and then you have a scripture written to the hebrews who used to be under the law in the New Testament after Jesus rose from the dead and so Hebrews refers back to Genesis it's so it's interesting these two verses we're going to look at today and the only way we can really explain these two verses is we're going to have to look at a number of verses so get your uh, get your Bible verse glasses on because the only way to explain these is by looking at a number of verses So here's the first thing we'll say about this. Abraham, if you don't know, he lived 430 years before the Mosaic law was instituted. So this happened around 430 years before the law came where tithing was required, okay? So he gave this tithe before the law. Then the book of Hebrews refers back to it, and then when referring back to it, here's we see that there's these different characters or names we see that it explain it talks about abraham melchizedek jesus it brings up tithing that name and then it also talks about the levites the levitical priests so those are kind of like the main characters that we're going to be looking at as we go through this right now okay so let's look at now we're going to look at five scriptures and then we're going to make comments on five different verses all right, so here's the first two. It says, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So who is that talking about? That's talking about Jesus. He was designated by God, okay, to be a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And then Hebrews 6.20, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a priest, a high priest forever, After the order of Melchizedek it's just saying the same thing they're making a big deal out of Melchizedek and Jesus and Jesus being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek now Let's read look over in Hebrews chapter 7 in verse 1. It says for this Melchizedek king of Salem priest of the most high God met Abraham returning from the slaughter and uh, Of the kings and blessed him so notice how Melchizedek blessed him that that's something we'll refer to and then and it says and to abraham a portion and to him i'm sorry melchizedek abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything he is first by translation of his name king of righteousness and then he is also king of salem that is king of peace he is without father or mother or gene- genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. So awesome scriptures, and let's just, you know, because of time limits, I, there's so much you could say about these scriptures, but just to make it easy, they're building a case about Melchizedek and what he, who he was and what he represented. So here, just three bullet points, Uh, we could say this, Melchizedek is called a high priest, very simple. He is a type of Jesus who is our eternal high priest. And why am I saying that? Because of Hebrews 7, 3, it says he is without father or mother or genealogy, and then it says, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God. So the Jesus I'm talking about was the one that was there at creation time You know, I know he came to earth and he had a mother, but he existed before that. So this Jesus that it's talking about is the eternal Jesus that sat, uh, you know, the the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when when it says that, what it's basically saying is that Jesus, that Melchizedek is a type of Jesus, and Jesus, of course, is our eternal high priest. So Jesus had no beginning of days and no end of days. All right. So just a little side note with that thought, too, that in order for somebody to be a savior, they would have to be in that category. And we know that Jesus can save us because he's, in, he's eternal. He's the eternal high priest. Once and forever. That's no more. All right, now let's look at these verses. And, you, you know, if you follow this through, I, I, I trust you're going to see something when we come to the end. But we just have to do some scriptures to build a case here. So Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 4, it says, See how great this man... This is Melchizedek it's talking about. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch. Notice I put parentheses around Abraham, the patriarch. That's not in the Bible. Gave a tenth of the spoils. So there's a few things there. Melchizedek's a great man. Abraham's the patriarch. And Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And then look at verse number 5 there. It says, and those descendants of Levi... Who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people that is from their brothers though these are descended from Abraham what is that basically saying well Levi was more like natural they're on the earth they didn't have they did not have the lineage of Melchizedek what he represented or Jesus who are supernatural And so it's very interesting too that notice that it says abraham the patriarch he gave a tenth notice how in the old testament they took the tithe you see even the difference between volunteer from doing something from your heart and and having it like actually in the old testament tithing was like a tax you can't escape taxes here in australia people try you know and really it was hard to escape tithing in the old testament it was like a tax so they took the tithe but you see that abraham he uh he gave a tenth that was before the law okay so just to do a little bullet point summary what we're seeing here abraham the patriarch refers to his greatness and him as a father the bible doesn't call many people a patriarch and so even he is our he's also the father of all believers so abraham was significant he was a patriarch and he's our father as believers, but he was also significant back there. So the fact that he gave a tithe to somebody was significant. And why is it? Because the priests didn't have to tithe. The priests back there, they took the tithe, but they weren't required to tithe. And so that's significant. He decided to do a tithe. He wasn't required to. So as great as Abraham was, he recognized Melchizedek's greatness. Abraham paying tithes to Melchizedek reveals melchizedek's greatness real simple so here's this under the law everyone paid their tithes to descendants of levi so why is you know this is we're reading something and they're bringing up the levites and they weren't even there yet you know it's like they were they you know a, a way to say it they were still in abraham's loin in other words you know, we can say, you know, we tell our kids sometimes, like, back in this year, you were just a, a twinkle in my eye. <laughs> you know, the Levites were just a twinkle in some They, they didn't even exist. This is before the, the law. And they're bringing up the Levites back then. And so the Levites, you know, they took the tithe and they weren't required to tithe. But they were not great like Melchizedek and they're not great like Jesus, okay? So under the law, everyone paid their tithes to the descendants of Levi. Melchizedek wasn't of the descendants of Levi. He was of greater descent that even Abraham, the great patriarch, gave a tithe to him. So here's what we're getting at here. This is key. All of that was to get to one phrase. I hope you could follow that. So here's the phrase. Abraham wasn't told or required to tithe to Melchizedek. He did it voluntarily okay it was before the law and he did it from his heart and he did it in a volunteer way so as we answer this question about tithing the first thing we have to understand in the New Testament that I can't or no one else that receives the offerings here we can't make anyone tithe it has to first of all be done in a volunteer way from a person's heart okay and that's what you see Abraham was a great patriarch and he gave a tithe to Melchizedek because of Melchizedek's greatness. Okay? So under the law, all the Israel, all the Israelites had to tithe. It wasn't optional, as we said, it was an obligation. Abraham wasn't in that category. He did not have to tithe. He was, of course, as I said, the patriarch. Okay. So uh, with that said, let's go back now and look at the actual story. That we've just read about so going back to Genesis 14 and verse 18 it says Melchizedek King of Salem brought out bread and wine so here's this priest of this divine order greatness and he brings out bread and wine he was the priest of the Most High he's a type of Jesus and then in verse 19 it says and he blessed him and he said blessed be Abraham the God of the Most High possessor of heaven and earth it was only out of his greatness that he could bless a man like abraham okay and then look at here in verse number 20 it says and blessed be god the most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and then it says and abraham gave him a tenth of everything so melchizedek is the type of jesus now here's the thing he brought out bread and wine and this when i remember i told you i just started a tithe back way back Because of the day living in where I went to a church and they said tithe and I said okay And I was I was all I guess after I got saved I became a good obedient boy I wasn't obedient before I was saved you know how I was always pushing and going against the grain and causing trouble So I I get saved you get you know you're, you're so excited you're on your honeymoon with Jesus And they say do that and I start doing it without any revelation or anything but then later on I see this And this really touched my heart because like when it says he brought bread and wine out, bread and wine represent the shed blood and the broken body. And he's a type of Jesus. So it's like Melchizedek blesses him and brings out bread and wine. Jesus blessed us by shedding his blood and breaking his body. So even when you think about tithing, which no one can make you tithe under the new covenant, but when you think about it, Of course it isn't to a man but it needs to be to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're gonna tithe you know and of course tithing there's many people that give more than a tithe we we give more than a tithe tithe is ten percent but if you're going to do it don't do it to man do it to the Lord Jesus Christ who shed his blood and his body was broken so then of course he Jesus blessed us just like um, Melchizedek blessed Abraham Jesus blessed us in such a great way that he took our sins away with his shed blood and he and his broken body by his stripes were healed okay so that's why I Tithe myself right now. It's my love and appreciation And that's kind of like what I see in the revelation I have Now with that said, let's look at three more scriptures real real quickly here So Hebrews 7 and verse 6 it says but this man Who does not have descent? from them received tithes this is talking about Melchizedek from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises it is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior so the Levites were not superior like this but the reason that Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek is because he was superior and it says the inferior is always blessed by the superior so we it's really important, you know, that we tithe to the Lord Jesus. When, if we're going to tithe, do it to him. He's, he's superior. Don't ever think about your finances going to a man or even an organization or even a church. It has to be to the Lord Jesus. He's, he's the superior one. He's of the divine lineage, okay? And so, uh, so look at in verse number 8 here, and this is an amazing verse. Uh, Moreover... Here, frail mortal men receive tithes. There, one receives them about whom there is evidence that he is alive. Now, there's actually two different translations there. I was using the English Standard Version, but I felt like the Weymouth translation said it better. So notice how that says it. Here, frail men, you know, and that's what, you know, we're all frail. Men receive tithes. But there one receives them about whom there is evidence that he is alive. I find that verse extremely interesting because it was written before the law. It's before the Levites were in existence. And it's, it's like, well, this scripture was written, of course, after, but it's referring back to something that was before the law. And I find it very interesting because Jesus always was. He's the living word. He, everything was made by him. And he always was, and now, excuse me, it's saying that moreover, here, frail men receive tithes, but there one receives them about whom there is evidence that he is alive. That particular verse did something in my heart. And so you know that pastor that said tithing isn't for everyone? When something goes off in the heart and there's a revelation like that, then then people will want to tithe. Not because somebody twisted their arm Or because they have to because there was a revelation that if you think about that that he uh, even way back when Abraham gave a tithe Jesus was alive and even now even though men here on earth receive tithes he receives them up there and so that that is uh, just what I see so uh, you know just to summarize what we're saying today about the question is tithing under grace if we would say Legally and doctrinally, we cannot prove that tithing is under grace. You know, so no one can twist you, your arm and, and put pressure on you and say you have to tithe because there's not enough scriptures in the New Testament that says it's a must. But if you get a revelation like that, it comes into your heart and you want to tithe voluntarily. And That's what happened. I did it as I say long ago because of back then people didn't They didn't question things as much and now today you do have to teach and make things a lot clearer And so what we see here by teaching it out. You don't have to do it. It's out of your heart You do it voluntarily, but if you do it from a revelation Instead of being forced to do it It makes all the difference of the world in the world and secondly if you do it to the Lord Jesus and not to man it makes all the difference in the world does that make sense and so the last thing as the worship team is coming up here the last thing that we would say is then where does the tithe belong and that's always uh, a question as well as whether or not tithing you know where where does finances belong and so as i say i'll be 40 years old in the lord uh we were traveling ministers so think about we traveled around for many many years and talk to many many pastors and so I know a lot about how pastors because we talked to them for so many you know and I know what a lot of different people think about where does your tithe go so when I uh, traveled with Kenneth Hagin he would say this he would have a stadium full of people and think about the money that you could have come in with a stadium full of people if you say to tithe but one thing that i honored and respected about Brother Hagin he took most of the offerings he didn't have somebody do it he he received the offerings himself and he stood up and says we're gonna receive our offering and then he gave a couple scriptures and he said now he said your tithe belongs in your local church but you can give me an offering tonight and this is what he did the whole time he lived on the earth and he would say things like you know that he saw that the church the local church as the storehouse the barn where the harvest goes the church really takes care of the people, etc. So I grew up under, in a sense, a spiritual father that believed the tithe belongs in the local church. Now, I know sometimes people think, well, look, at the church is growing, and, you know, they, they have plenty of money, and they don't need my money. But sometimes I wish you could all sit on my side <laughs> and, and be in the financial meeting. So I just say, you know, you'll have to make your own decisions. Uh, start next week we'll do another question and no one's ever going to twist your arm or put, you know, uh, any pressure on you uh, whether or not what you're going to do but I can tell you, you know, finances are appreciated to keep the doors open, to pay the bills and to keep going as a church and so I put, I've always put my tithe in the local church and we give above tithes and we give offerings to to a lot of other uh, people praise the Lord so I trust that made sense today and and helped. Father, thank you so much for uh, what we looked into today, Lord. I thank you that you're the Lord of everything. You're the Lord of our hearts. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, for anyone that would not have a revelation about finances, the importance of finances, the fact that where our treasure is, that is where our heart is. I thank you, Father, that even after today, that you can take the word, the scriptures, and In their hearts, you can do a work, and they'll be changed. They'll see that even finances and giving is a holy thing. It's holy to give to you, Lord. So, Father, I thank you. Jesus. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.